Well, if him be a sports, see, I be being that wide receiver. The player to be IG, will make our people believers. Sipping on Quavo go off in the club, drunk and what? Calling them crow snitches, and fold them I leave up. When I'm too sober, so, so, yeah, older. Now I'm almost legal. Wanted to live the life of Cadillacs and Pilots and Regals. Messing around with the pros, playing the cuts in the south. Kicking that same southern slang, nigga, for love up in your jaw, bro. Pilot get you hyped, bro. Makes you calm. Cigarettes give you cancer. Who woos make you dumb? What you really know about the dirty side? What you really know about the dirty side? Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBuyer, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check them out. Use the promo code 40. Get four days free advanced stats. So we are moving on to the NFC South this week. Going to be doing little team previews for this season. Walk, how are you and where you want to start? Doing great. And we were just talking right before we went live. I was, I was away the whole last weekend with the family. So I haven't been carrying even on some of these preseason games. So I was trying to do some some quick box score scouting so that I wasn't speaking out of my ass when we were talking about the, the NFC South today. And uh, I mean, all I came down with was your boy Skylar Thompson played the whole game for the Dolphins and that George Pickens is the best wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Good. I, I got him every. I need it to happen. Yeah, man. He's 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 legit, man. And we we both liked him. Uh, that uh, Dante Johnson re-signing put a little damper in him. Might almost open the buy low window potentially. But then George Pickens came right back out, just his moss of dudes all over the field, dominating practice, like literally doing every single thing you wanted to see from George Pickens. To justify that late first, early second round selection, it's looking like tremendous value already. I literally had Garrett Wilson fall to me at pick eight in a draft a few weeks ago. And I was like, I was in my head saying, I want to pick George Pickens here. Like I, Garrett Wilson was supposed to be gone already. I didn't want to even have to, fit, to make that decision. But a few uh, odd picks before me left him in my lap. And I begrudgingly went with, Garrett Wilson, and I'm already regretting it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I immediate regret. I, I wanted Pickens. I'm like, oh, at eight, perfect. I'm just taking him because, uh, you know, I know I know that caliber receiver that's in there. There's no running backs. It's Jahan Dodson. It's Sky Moore. It's Pickens. It's Christian Watson. I want Pickens. Now, Garrett Wilson just had to pop his stupid face up in front of me, his value, and now I don't have Pickens in that league, and I'm very angry. Poor decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one to blame but myself. So that's that's where I'm at. I don't but, know what the earliest I've taken him is. I know I've taken him earlier than most people. I don't know that there's there's an early. Honestly, I mean <laughs> George Pick is 101, baby. <laughs> Look, I have him. What did I have him? I think you had him too. Three in the class. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I, think, I have to double check mine. I think he was in my top five. I think I kept the Ohio State guys ahead of him, and I wasn't really even a Olave guy. I just liked the capital, and I think he's going to play well in that scheme. But had it to do all over again. Yeah, I mean it's hard pressed. It's and I know you don't like London. London's looked apart thus far. He's got the capital. He's going to be a thing. But Burks, London, Pickens shouldn't be surprised. Pants off. Yeah, just alpha, alpha, alpha. <laughs> just, yeah, just. That's what you shoot for. 
Damn it, he's amazing. All right, but we, <laughs> we're not we're not talking about the Steelers today. We're on the NFC South. We're we're heading south to NFC, which I think is an interesting division. I think it's a good one. I think it's an interesting one. There there was some significant off season moves uh, to be had. I think they largely fell on my teams specifically, uh, as opposed Much to yours. In the NFC North, yeah, yeah, that it's a was stinker. <laughs> yeah, there was there wasn't a lot to to squeeze out of those uh, teams necessarily. So we we do have some more here, and so we went, you know, hypothetical coin again, and I got the A's and you got the B. So jumping right out the gate with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, so uh, before I get into free agency or draft, I already lost Ryan Jensen to a knee injury in, in practice. Uh, severity unknown. They're waiting for the swelling to go down, and he's a large gentleman, so I got to think that swelling's probably a, takes a little longer to go down before they yes. probably inevitably diagnose him with an ACL and potentially be gone for the year, which does not bode well for Brady. Brady hates that interior pressure, and that inside of that line is going to look markedly different than it did a year ago for him. They potentially are losing Jensen. They lost Ali Marpet to retirement, and then their other guard, whose name's escaping me, went to the Cleveland Browns. So the entire interior of that offensive line is going to be new this year. So something to monitor for the Bucks. Gronk retired again. Um, we don't know if this is official or, or not, but definitely didn't want to do training camp. He might not want to do the beginning of the year. Who knows what this ultimately looks like. I could see him stepping out of the shadows midseason to uh, join Tom Brady one more time for a playoff run. But <clears throat> Two important pieces of note that aren't really free agency or draft related, but important to the team as we dive into free agency. Tom Brady himself unretired. Um, I believe it was after 22 days as a stay-at-home dad and said, no, that's a, enough of those shenanigans. Let me get back on the field while these grown men are trying to rip my head off uh, every play. Gio Bernard re-signed to a one-year deal. Never really got the opportunity last year due to injury. He's super post-prime running back. He's just a depth piece for them. Leonard Fournette, more your boy, but still our boy, re-signed to a three-year $21 million contract, max of 24 mil. Went and signed Russell Gage to a three-year deal himself. Slapped the franchise tag on Chris Godwin before giving him a three-year $60 million contract with 40 mil guaranteed, looking like an absolute steal for Godwin on that three-year deal. He signed the same Mike Williams deal before the market exploded with these mega wide receiver contracts. Went and got old ass Julio Jones, gave him a one-year $6 million contract that has a max value of eight mil. I can't see a world where he's going to hit whatever those escalators are to pay him $8 million this year. Kyle Rudolph went and signed a one-year deal as well because why not just get a veteran tight end in there, try and act as a, uh, Gronk light, 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 light replacement. Akeem Hicks, I didn't even know this until I actually looked at the free agent tracker, signed a one-year up to $10 million deal there as well. Probably going to replace uh, Ndamukong Sue on the interior there. And then they went and got vets, Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan as kind of decent depth in in their secondary. So they made a lot of moves in free agency. Um, Keanu Neal is returning to safety, correct? That's what he's listed at on NFL.com. Yeah, so I believe that he's going to be safety Logan Ryan over in the, on the, as a D-back. But Keanu Neal had a little bit of buzz when he was kind of that box linebacker hybrid. Um, but 
moving back to safety. I don't know, even know that he starts um, for them. He just might be a, a depth piece, right? They got Winfield. They did lose Jordan Whitehead, so I have to look and see who they intend to be the Jordan Whitehead um, replacement. I don't know if it's Neil or not, but Antonio Winfield is the Antoine Winfield is the one you want in that secondary. <laughs> He becomes a sneaky bit of a player if they end up getting some injuries. But that the two years ago when he started playing linebacker, he was still listed as a safety. So getting those linebacker points for safety, kind of what they do with Jeremy Chin in Carolina, was is always a little IDP bonus if you can get those guys. Oh yeah, you definitely want to look for them. And now you have me curious to see where Arlets has. Keanu Neal listed, and he currently is. Come on, you scroller. There, there we go. Uh, Keanu Neal is the backup strong safety to Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards, a holdover on the team, is the strong safety with Antoine Winfield playing the free. So Neal's not even a starter. Logan Ryan's actually projected as the backup free safety. So they're both uh, back end guys at this point. I knew Logan Ryan was kind of like a pseudo safety uh, of sorts, but. Again, just both veteran depth to, that they signed to the team. Going on to the NFL draft, they traded. I'm pretty sure they traded back from the end of the first. I know that they did not have a first. I'm just not doing the diligence here on this one. But they had an early second-round pick. They used that on Logan Hall, the defensive end out of Houston. Then they went and got Luke Gadecki, who's a guard. Third round, went and got our boy, Rashad White, who is already listed as the RB2 on our lads, rightfully so. Coming for that letter for that crown sooner rather than later. Fourth round, Cade Otten. You and I were on him early because we're great at tight end. Then Gronk <laughs> retires. Now everyone's on him, um, even though he really hasn't done anything yet, but get drafted by the Buccaneers. Also in the fourth round, they went and got punter Jake Camarda out of, I believe, Georgia. We're just taking punters in the fourth round now. It's the world we live in. You're not taking running backs in the fourth round, but you'll take punters. So it's uh, – we talking about uh, rookie punters at this point? Did you see the Buffalo kid? Little, yeah. little, the punk, the punk god. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he wasn't even the first punter taken in this draft. I mean, that was that was like the the big storyline is eighty two, and about eighty of it was in the fucking air. Yeah, he just field flipping. I mean, you don't know any. Yeah, he he did get the touchback right, so we got to we got to deduct points for not being able to sit that boy down. But yeah. Impressive nonetheless. Just, you know, you got just Josh Allen's rocket arm and uh, Arise's rocket leg just balls in the air in Buffalo. But yeah, that was highly <laughs> impressive. Uh, fifth round, Zion McCollum, cornerback from Sam Houston State. Sixth round, they double dipped and went and got Co Keeft uh, as a tight end as well out of Minnesota. And then last round, Andre Anthony, linebacker. So not a, not a huge fantasy draft other than really Rashad White, K-Dot, and he's probably not even going to be the starter with Cameron Brate and Kyle Rudolph being there this year. So Otten might not even get to realize the Brady bump uh, early yeah. on, especially out of camp. So it might not be the boon that everyone wants it to be because I'm, again, of the belief that this is Brady's last year. But pr- prove me wrong if you want, Tom. I mean, he's 45 this year. I think that was the goal for him all along, like self-stated goal to play to 45. I just don't think he wanted to do it in Miami or he wanted to do it in Tampa Bay. He wanted to do it in Miami oh, this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stay in Florida, sure. But he wanted to go to a different organization where he could get a little bit of the, a little piece of the action on, on the back end. So he, he he played his cards, didn't work. You know, NFL stepped in, said, <laughs> stop the shady tactics. 
you want to play, you're going back to Tampa and Brady's like, okay, as long as you make Bruce Arians retire, I'll come back. All that happened. Tom Brady back in Tampa Bay for one more season. So be fascinating to know what really happened. Yeah. Same thing with that Jordan retirement. These, these top of the league guys with all this mystery. Yeah. I mean, are we going to get a man in the arena too, where Brady recants the recounts the, the Buccaneers years and, comes clean with exactly how much he hates Bruce Arians in reality. <laughs> but probably not. All right. What does that mean for the Bucks? And, you know, I said this is an interesting division. It's interesting because I don't think it's going to be a highly competitive division. And the Buccaneers are just clearly the class of the NFC South yet again. Put the win-loss into the old win-loss machine again and came out with an I-don't-believe-it record of 14-3. and three. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which Ooh. yields them the second seed in the NFC. I think they get six gifted wins in division and didn't think their schedule set up difficult enough where I could keep chopping them down. Now, do I believe they get 14 again? No, I think they're probably an 11 or 12 win team when it all shakes out. But this is where we are, 14 and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I You said 14 and three and I went, woo, can't believe it <laughs> until I looked down at my sheet. My win-loss computer gave me a 15-2. and two. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this is – Fuck. I, I can't recall who they're playing against. Um, that Although I think I did it there. before they started getting those injuries on the offensive line because I think that's going to – you you mentioned it. Yeah, I, I, I think Brady's going to have a little rougher go this year than he has in years past. Yeah, I mean, taking into account, I and mean, we'll just run this down real quick. I, I Looking at these games right now as I just scrolled through their schedule, I don't see 14-3, and three, so I don't even know how I got there. I definitely know how you got the 15-2, and two, right? Because out of the gate, at Cowboys, at Saints, versus Packers, versus Chiefs, versus Falcons, at Steelers, at Panthers, versus Ravens, versus Rams, versus Seahawks into their Week 11 bye. I mean, the Cowboys game is going to be a little difficult in Dallas in Week 1. The Saints are competitive. I and and have the Bucks number. I just think yeah. Tampa Bay's a better team. Home versus the Packers and Chiefs. I mean, I could see them losing one of those. Home versus the Ravens on a short week on Thursday night, and then they have to go and play the Rams. They're still both at home. Sorry, so not go play, but versus Ravens versus Rams back to back weeks. They they just have some some difficult home and homes before they get to that bye. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. How the fuck did we get games. to fourteen and fifteen? Yeah, I mean, they're all home games. That's the value, <laughs> right? The the Packers Chiefs. Ravens and Rams are all in Tampa. I mean, so there's oh, that's great. That you yeah. had there. Then out of the bye, at Browns versus Saints, at Niners versus Bengals, at Cardinals versus Panthers, at Falcons. So they're going to win week 17 and 18 going away, but they have some difficult ones even there. At 49ers, at Cardinals with a versus yeah, Bengals in between. Yeah. I, yeah, but it's at Cardinals. So, I mean, I'm not going to say they're world beaters, but it's they're not a schlep team. There's going to be more Tampa fans than Cardinals fans at that one. Correct. Correct. <laughs> it's another home but I, game. But I mean, think about that. At Niners, then versus Bengals, and at Cardinals. So they're going coast to coast twice in three weeks, and they get to be home against the upstart Bengals. So, I mean, I, I might be saying 11 and six yeah. <laughs> just off the top of my head with them. But listen, can't go back on the records. Now these all equate. So that's where we're sticking. So I have them as a two seed in the, the NFC. Who do you got, Johnny? Two seed at 14 and three. I do. Uh-huh. The plot thickens. Mm. Who am I up to? Atlanta? Are the Falcons next? The F. There you go. F, F for Falcons. That's right. F for a lot of things. <laughs> so the Atlanta Falcons. Um, going through the draft, you've mentioned his name earlier. We're talking about rookies. 
Uh, eighth pick, they took Drake London, who I am not a fan of, but that is not the point here. Uh, six pick, second round, they took an edge. Unlike you, I'm skipping the defensive guys unless it's IDP relevant. Uh, another pick in the second round, Troy Anderson, linebacker. I think he's going to do nothing this year, but he's a definite stash play for IDP. I think he's going to be their starting middle linebacker a year from now. Third round, 10th pick, second quarterback off the board, Mr. Desmond Ritter, who me and you are both bigger fans of than most people. Um, looked pretty good from what I saw from their preseason game. And I think they're going to kick the tires on him at some point halfway through the season when this is not a good team when they're, you know, one and six or something, they're going to toss Ritter out there and see what he can do because they're going to need to address the position, whether it's with him or an early pick a year from now. So I think we see a lot more him than people expect. Took another edge in the third round, 18th pick, then fifth round, eighth pick, eighth pick of the fifth round, Tyler Elegier running back from BYU, who landed in a pretty good spot. They don't have a ton on the depth chart. Cordell Patterson came out of nowhere last year to end up being their starting running back because Mike Davis stinks. Patterson, I could see where if Algier has a chosen up on the field, Patterson's going to get moved around, which is actually good for both of them because they don't have a ton of receiving depth, which we'll get to. So there is a world where if Algier shows enough out of the backfield, he's their running back, and Patterson is kind of a do-it-all, everything gadget player on offense. Sixth round, 11 pick, took a guard, and then sixth round, 35th pick, tight end named John Fitzpatrick, who I've never heard of, and now he's buried behind Kyle Pitts, so no one's ever going to hear of him. Correct. (laughs) Via free agency, they uh, signed Marcus Mariota, who had played with (laughs) – can't remember this coach's name ever. Smith? Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. Played with there him before go. in Tennessee. He was the OC when he got benched in Tennessee. So now he's <laughs> the head coach when he's going to get benched in Atlanta. Brought in Damian Williams, who's a decent depth play. I, he hasn't played the last couple years and haven't seen a ton of no, him. He, so. he did play last year. He just didn't play well. He, he didn't play Chicago. No, no. I think he got hurt. But so, Yeah. yeah. He, was supposed to be the backup to and then a, the previous year he sat out because of COVID. Correct. So yep. two two years older with very little playing time, been capable when he had a chance. But I am if you're the Falcons and you're building for the future, you're obviously going to want to get more looks at Algier than you are Damian, the corpse of Damian Williams. Brought in Auden Tate and Damier Bird, so a little depth at wide receiver. So talking about wide receiver, because they also traded for Brian Edwards, who's their wide receiver two now. So London and Edwards are their one and two. It's a pretty barren group. And like I said, if Patterson gets bumped out of the backfield from time to time, he could actually have a pretty decent PPR year also. So it's London and Edwards. Their number three right now is Olamide Zacharias. And then they have Bird and Tate, who I mentioned, Carterell Hodge, Frank Darby, and the ghost of Geronimo Allison is still lurking on this roster. I mean, they're going to cut a bunch of these guys. But, you know, if they're keeping five and they have to throw to somebody. But I kind of like Edwards as a a little bit of a bounce back after kind of a disastrous start with the Raiders. Drake London, who I don't like, but again, the, the, the cupboard is bare. Somebody's going to catch the passes, and this guy's their number one J- just by process of elimination and getting volume. Both of them should have a pretty 
decent year and at least outperform their ADP. A year ago, a four-win team. This year, Vegas has them at four-and-a-half wins. I put their numbers into the old record calculator, and I got them taking a step back, three and 14. Well, I got them at two and 15. So, <laughs> and they are the 16th seed, worst team in the NFC, in my opinion. I think their defense is trash, and their offense is extremely limited. I mean, they, they, they're, it's not a good O-line. It's not a good quarterback situation. You mentioned the lack of depth at wide receiver, unsettled at running back. <clears throat> I just don't see how this comes together uh, for these uh, Atlanta Falcons. I mean, 3-13, they're, they're probably projected to be a 4-5 or five win team of Vegas with the 4.5. 4.5, yeah. I mean, so there's probably strong juice on the under where they, they're trying to push you to take them as a 5-win team, which I don't think – they can get to. Yeah, it's just not pretty. You mentioned Patterson Algier. I think yeah, it's best for both parties involved is, you know, they use Patterson more as like a gadgety guy and let Algier pound it between the tackles as a big body kid. But in a world where every team throws for like 4,000 yards now, right, especially in a, in a 17 game season, I mean, is, would it blow your mind if Drake and, and Kyle Pitts combined for like 2,500 yards of those 4,000 yards? I mean, I just think that's a stretch. And there's a 1,200-yard season's each potential for those guys. I mean, they're just going to get the target volume. And whether it's Mariota or Ritter, I mean, this team's going to be bad. It's going to have to throw a lot to come back. And those guys are going to see a disproportionate amount of the target share here. I mean, there's just what are, precious little else. We're forgetting about <laughs> defenses, though. I mean, teams are going to – who are you going to let beat you? The, the rookie London after his whatever whenever his first big game is – you're, you're definitely not letting Pitts be you. So I, I think a lot of that work gets spread out to these lesser knowns, unfortunately, because Mariota is not a guy who's known to make tight throws into, into coverage. So if these guys are draped or double double covered, they're, he, they're not going to get the work. He's going to look elsewhere. So, I, I, you know, whoever's going to be their receiving back this year, whether it's Patterson or, or somebody else, I could see a lot of check down action as long as Mariota is the starter. That's fine. But who else was Matt Ryan thrown to last year? You know, rookie Kyle Pitts saw a thousand yards on only 110 targets, you know, for a bad Atlanta Falcons team. So, but Ryan huh. will force the ball to his playmakers. Mariota won't. I mean, the irony is 110 targets. I mean, for a rookie tight ends a lot, but it's not a lot Ridiculous. in the grand scheme of things. You know, a team's target leader is usually in the, what one forties, one fifties, you know, for their for their top, you know, pass catcher. So, still light, all things being considered. Well, to your point, Oli Medizakias was a thing, and you know, I mean, Russell Gage, you know, ate a fair amount of targets, but he's he's not an, an alpha by any means. He's he's a decent wide receiver two slash three on an NFL team. So, I just think they're going to get so much volume uh, this year that, barring injury, they're both going to. They're both going to produce. I mean, you're not you're not going to effectively take both of these big body receivers away, like they did Pitts last year, because there was really no one else to scare uh, opposing defense. So Pitts got the attention his rookie year, you know, which makes his production even more impressive. I mean, albeit just a Julio Jones esque one touchdown on those 110 targets. So expect a, a bump from Pitts. But I'm coming around on Drake. I wasn't that high on him. I know you're not still not high on London, but I just think. He, he landed the capital. I mean, I did come go back and watch a little film. The production he had at USC in limited action this past year was super impressive. And I just think he 
fell into a perfect spot where he's just going to get force-fed volume. I got to see him again. And in regular season games against opposing cornerback ones. Yeah, well, he, he had a big catch in the preseason game, then hurt his shoulder and didn't play the rest of the game. So that's what you get. Take it or leave it. All right, off of those Atlanta Falcons, on to the Carolina Panthers, who I landed. And free agent offseason moves. They went and swung a trade finally for Baker Mayfield. They gave up a 24 fifth-round pick that can convert into a fourth-rounder based on playing time. And the Browns ate a decent portion, I believe, of Mayfield's contract. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Like 10 million of it. And the Falcons like converted even some of that remainder into like incentives, I believe. So pretty good deal, all things being considered for a Panthers team that didn't have a problem giving up second round picks for Sam Darnold a year ago. This is actually a prudent move for that front office. Baker's already the starter. It's game over. Supposedly Darnold's on the trade block yet again. And I made a suggestion on Twitter to send him back to the Jets. Right? Can't keep old Zach Wilson healthy. Like, see if they're willing to get that second round pick back for Sam Darnold. But um, moving forward, Baker, who's only on a one year deal right now with them. So, this is ultimately huge prove it opportunity for Baker. He has weapons to throw to in this offense, and they're going to be a bad team. So, he's going to he's gonna have every opportunity to try and produce. I don't think he's going to make them a playoff team per se, which could ultimately define his fate. And they just blow this whole thing up. But um, it remains to be seen. Um, so after Baker, they also went and signed Dante Foreman to a one-year contract. Uh, early reports I'm reading is that Chuba Hubbard is still, quote-unquote, the backup, a.k.a. handcuff for Christian McCaffrey. I happen to like Dante Foreman a lot more. I thought he looked great last year during his time with the Titans, getting significant carries after Derrick Henry went down, and I'm just not a fan of Chuba Hubbard. But he's at least running in front of uh, Foreman, Thus far, so maybe just forming has some ground to make up, but I, I did like the signing there. When gave DJ Moore a three-year contract extension worth $61.9 million in new money, which includes 41.6 in guarantees. So he signed through 2025 with the team. Still seems like a, a value signing, again, given some of these contracts that we've seen lately. I'm a huge DJ Moore guy. I'm trying to get him everywhere this year because Baker – is the best quarterback he'll be catching passes from in his NFL career. We're hearing that with so many of these guys right now. It's just how shitty some quarterback situations have been <laughs> in the league over the years, you know, where, you know, Allen Robinson is the best quarterback he's ever caught passes from. DJ Moore, the best quarterback he's ever caught passes from. There's someone else who's escaping me that's had a few years in the league. Oh, fuck. We'll talk about him later as we're doing a double today, right? Uh, Terry McLaurin, Carson Wentz, the best quarterback he's going to catch passes from. Like it or not, it's a fact. But, DJ Moore locked in to Carolina through 25. And then he went and gave safety Xavier Rhodes a three-year $17.5 million deal as well. I don't know where he necessarily is going to fall. I'm assuming free. You mentioned Jeremy Chin earlier, who kind of plays that pseudo hybrid linebacker position in their defense. Hopefully he maintains that designation. Doesn't get converted. But yeah, Xavier Woods is projected as a free safety. So Probably not the best for his IDP dynasty value, but does kind of shore things up opposite Jeremy Chin in their secondary. So that was the big free agent acquisitions that they made. And then in the draft, they went and got Sticky Icky Equanu, offensive tackle, really needed to address the offensive line. Didn't have a second round pick, talked about Sam Darnold. 
insert him there. Third round, they did go and get Matt Corral, so they tried to address the quarterback position and bring some competition in pre-Baker Mayfield. You and I, both Matt Corral fans on and off the field. so Especially real, off. <laughs> especially <laughs> off. I did want to see him get a shot. He kind of reminds me of Baker uh, a little bit, so yeah, he, he may be the Baker backup if they are able to move Darnold and you know, Baker one-year deal. You, you don't know. Matt Corral could be something in a super flex dynasty format and you didn't have to pay a lot to get him on your roster, probably like a late second or third round pick, even in the most competitive super flex league. So still burning a candle for Matt Corral in the fourth round. They went and got Brandon Smith linebacker from Penn state. He's currently listed as the second strong side linebacker behind Frankie Louvu. And that name should tell you all you need to know about the possibility of Brandon Smith being a starting linebacker in the NFL before too long, like the prospect. Sixth round, Amari Barno, who was a blazing fast edge out of Virginia Tech. Also in the sixth round, Cade Mays, a guard. Seventh round, Kalen Barnes, cornerback. So not a lot of not a lot of exciting <laughs> fantasy value in this draft. I mean, there's really none, you know, the, uh, unless there's a huge blow up by Baker Mayfield and Matt Corral gets some, some start. But this is just a team that's going to be bad again this year. So at least they made some good value signings, not only through uh, – the draft or through free agency, but also in the draft. So where does that leave these Carolina Panthers? And I, uh, I have them as a six and 11 team, which is good for 12th in the NFC. Hmm. I think I, they can make them competitive, but not good. A tick lower for me at four and 13. Yeah, I'd buy that. I mean, I'm not impressed with this team. I haven't been impressed with, Really, Matt Rule and his you know musical chairs on offense. I do think they have a ton of young talent on defense. I like a lot of the names on their defense if they can possibly put it together. And who's there? And Phil Snow, who I don't know who that is, is their DC. So maybe. And we're trusting Ben McAdoo to navigate an offense. Well, he was better as an offensive coordinator than a head coach. So be interesting to see what he does with this offense. But yeah, I think and what they're probably a five and a half win team projected at Vegas. So between four and six sounds just about right. Here, here's an interesting <laughs> conundrum potentially. So former PJA star Dustin Johnson from South Carolina, now, now on the live tour, mm-hmm. married to Paulina Gretzky, okay. Gretzky's daughter. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm assuming being from the Carolinas, he's probably a Carolina Panthers fan. Now, if Matt Corral is ever the starting quarterback, can, can they still be a fan since he beat the shit out of uh, his brother-in-law? I mean, what's to say that Dustin Johnson likes his brother-in-law? Could be a bigger fan. True I story. mean, it literally could be like, yeah, we're getting season tickets there, sweetie. <laughs> no Panthers jerseys for the kids this year. I don't think your dad's going to attend. But, yeah, look at that. You got there. Like, that's six degrees of Kevin Bacon right there. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't aware of exactly <laughs> where Dustin Johnson was from, but, hey. Care, you know, keep pounding. <laughs> they say it. <laughs> Matt Corral agrees. <laughs> I want him to get a starting job just so that story makes the rounds. Surfing, a little more. Just keeps, yeah, keeps bubbling more up. More people need to know about it. Just... We'll, we'll keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking chance we get. Yeah, preseason star Matt Corral. Hey, did you hear about that time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great story. Fantastic. Look it up. If you uh, so. <laughs> Moving on, unfortunately, to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, very uneventful draft for fantasy. 
Um, I'll skip their first their first first round pick. Nineteenth pick, offensive tackle. Second round, they took a cornerback. Fifth round, a linebacker. Sixth round, a defensive tackle. And eleventh pick overall, they took Chris Olave, wide receiver out of um, Ohio State. A lot of people believe he was the best route runner in this class. I, I agree, and I don't love the landing spot because it's not like Winston is a big precision passer. Like I wish he went to, you know, thing with Brady or Drew Brees or, or Manning or a lot of these tacticians. Like where Winston's more of a YOLO big body guy. Like London, I would I would have liked London here a lot more than London mm. in Atlanta. It just seemed like a guy where Winston's like switch him. Just chucking <laughs> balls. But speaking of Winston, they re-signed him after an injury-shortened season last year where he finally got another starting gig, but looked pretty good while he was out there. And I, I'm I'm a believer in the, in the talent, I, and I think I, I, the injury screwed me because I've said that, that surgery on his eyeballs, I think he really just couldn't see. So I think he's good. I think that was it. They brought Andy Dalton in as a backup, which I think is a perfect backup for him in the system down there. Uh, Malcolm Brown, they brought in at running back, which seems like a non-issue at first. To look at the depth chart here, it's Kamara, Mark Ingram, Tony Jones, Dwayne Washington. <clears throat> if you go back and look at like where he was coming out of high school and what he was in college, Malcolm Brown is probably the third best running back on this team, and I don't even think it's debatable. I'm going to have to stop you. Malcolm Brown was released by the Saints. Today? When? I think it was yesterday. Fuck. I, I got a sleeper update. Uh, I didn't get in on time. Oh, yeah, he's gone. So, All right. Big extra listen, on the paper. Take everything we just talked about, Malcolm Brown. <laughs> Put it with the new RB3 for the Saints, who's probably Tony Jones. Tony Jones, which is good because <laughs> I have him stashed in a couple spots. Yep, they released him. Hmm, that's sad. Uh, the big name signing they had with free agency was Jarvis Landry coming here. So now they're top receivers. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. That's a pretty good one, two, three. I mean, at least name value. Who knows what Thomas looks like now? Landry's obviously getting older and falling off a bit, but at least with name value, that's a pretty good group of wide receivers. The other big thing they did team wise was bring in a ton of free agent safeties. Tyron Matthews there, Marcus May, who I like, they brought from the Jets. They also brought in Daniel Sorensen from the Chiefs. The shitty thing for IDP was that bumped, uh, my guy, whose name is escaping right now, but I have it in front of me here. Gardner Johnson. Yes, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is now officially a cornerback because he's their nickelback and not playing safety. But I mean, he's going to be near the line a bunch. I bet as a corner, he actually ends up with a better fantasy season than he did as a safety, just because where he's going to be. Proximity to the ball, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I am a fan of that. They have a new coach with Peyton out of there now. Dennis Allen is the coach, which isn't historically has not been great. But people yeah, think Peyton Lee. Dennis Allen is a head coach, right? Yeah, but the thing for offense and for fantasy is nothing changed. Pete Carmichael is the offensive coordinator, and he's been since uh, Drew Brees got there. So they've at least they have consistency on that side of the ball. I don't think anything's changing. None of the none of the nomenclature, none of the plays, n- nothing. So there is at least that smooth transition for Winston and the rest of the offense. But. The team won nine games last year. Vegas has them at eight and a half this year, and I also have them at nine. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming around. I think I, in my head, wanted the Saints to be a bad team because my Eagles have their first-round pick next year, but I just don't think mm. they're going to be a bad team. I have them at 8 and 9 as well, and we did these ranks, uh, or did these... Uh, why would you all total blank? The win-loss records. Records, not ranks. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Alzheimer's setting in. Oof. Um, we did these records a few weeks back, so I'm wondering how my perspective would change on these Saints, because I do think they're an above 500 team, so I could see them as a nine-win team or even pushing to 10 when it's all said and done, because I think they have talent. They have a good defense still, and to your point, there is continuity. And now they finally have some fucking receivers. I mean, they were getting by with Michael Thomas and little, little else for the last seven Deontay years. Deontay Harris, now yeah, Hardy. Who's now Hardy, right? Yeah, I mean, just relying on secondary pieces. I mean, like this was like a team where Kenny Stills was a thing for a number of years. Fuck. You know, and uh, the guy whose name's escaped me. I see him in my, my eye. He was another guy who wouldn't have been shit anywhere else, but he was viable for like four or five years in the tail end of Drew Brees. So, yeah, to your point, Michael Thomas, Olave, and Jarvis Landry, that's a that's a good three piece, and if Troutman can get his shit together and yeah. finally break out, I mean they got pass catchers, and we're not even talking about Kamara. I mean they they, they have weapons on offense with yeah. a good line. Even losing a uh, Armstead, um, no, not Armstead. Yeah, yeah, Toronto Armstead. Um, they were able to replace him with James Hurst, and then they went and drafted Trevor Penning, who's ultimately going to be their left tackle. The future. Be the He's best over. offensive lineman in the class when yeah, all is said and done. Just violent and gritty. That's how I like my offensive lineman. Want to fight anyone? Snap in and snap out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my type of left tackle. <laughs> I, I want him over there protecting my blind side. So, yeah, I'm, I think the Saints are going to be a, a decent thorn in the Buck side when it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah. It, I, oddly enough, this is the first division we've done, and we're what six deep, where we don't have any wild differences. I mean, we didn't get any. Numbers are the same, but we're all within a game or two because we've had teams in all the other ones. We had some pretty wild swings, so we we seem to have a pretty. Oh yeah, there were definitely this there were definitely some ones that you were way off on. I will say that. So, <laughs> Before we get off of the south and then uh, off of this episode, I, I had to look in to do my weekend scouting, and the Carolina Panthers did play the Washington Commanders on Saturday. Corral saw some action. All right. Yeah, he threw nine. He threw nine passes. You know how many he completed? It's either nine or zero. It's closer <laughs> to the other one. <laughs> one. One of nine for eleven yards for one point two yard average. I wonder who he, he was throwing to. I mean, I'm sure it was in. the fourth one coming through. I mean, Philip Walker threw nineteen passes. Mayfield only threw seven. Sam Darnold threw three. Donald's the only one that threw a touchdown in that. But, yeah, Corral, one for nine for 11 yards. Not the best start, Matt. Well, I don't care if you're thrown to shit receivers, you're thrown against shit DBs, too. So, you know, you have to. Yeah, that's, to, yeah. that's the to, thing people overlook, including me all the time. To, yeah, you have to balance those two out, right? Like, force it into their helmet if you have to, right? Make Stonehenge catch the football <laughs> one way or the other. you got a job to keep. So, not the best uh, preseason week one for Mr. Corral. Enjoy your time on the practice squad, sir. So that concludes the NFC South. For myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Out! Let me end this, and I'll send a new invite. Awesome.
Yeah, it was uh, it's awesome. I saw some clip of Jordan Peterson talking about people, you know, setting their alarm and getting up early. And I was like, I would like to do it. I just have worked graveyard for so long. My schedule is so fucking backwards and fucked up. I don't know who Jordan Peterson is. No, never heard of him. Never. Get out. That's Definitely. fascinating. Just no, because he, you said the name, like I should have known who you were talking about immediately. He was, he was for you, a long time. He was everywhere. He still is. The uh, Canadian. Ah, Canadian. You lost me there. Say no more. I mean, he, Mountie. He, is he a he Mountie? Has a lot of American <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, he's he a maple syrup uh, connoisseur. What he's a, a Canadian <laughs> uh, psychology doing? professor. Wow. University of Toronto, and he taught at Harvard for a while. Got in the, he got in the news big time uh, originally because Canada was... Huh? Maple syrup? No. Curling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He got in the news because Canada was uh, trying to pass a law that was making it a crime if you misgendered someone. Like, go to jail crime. How do you misgender someone? Just in, like call them a male and they're a female? That's yes. Like, yes. Well, it's all about how you identify it anymore, isn't it? That how this, Correct. This, this so if works? I identify as a woman and you were to call me Mr. What if I or, just met you? Well, therein lies I'm, part of the fucking okay. problem. I just want to know what, what I'm getting myself into here. Yeah. Yeah. So don't. Right, so that's why this guy was famous. Well, because he was like, "I'm not fucking doing it." <laughs> ah, <okay>. got <laughs> it. He's like, if somebody asks me to, I will, but, I will respect their wishes and call them whatever they want to be called. He's like, but I'm not gonna do it, compelled by the government. So he's Canadian famous. Got it. No, he's huge. I think I think his three appearances on the Rogan podcast are the three biggest of all time. Like. 33 million views on each, maybe more than that. <laughs> so I'm going to have to look this gentleman up. Is that what you're telling me? I'm shocked you never heard of him. I'm shocked you're shocked I never heard of him. I like him so much. I, w- I would I would consider. But clearly, if you felt like it's slightly offended, it seems like what I said. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I just, I didn't know how he wouldn't, how anybody, he was all over the news for a long time. Yeah. I don't watch the news. So there we go. We just, Jacques, uh, what we do? Real news. What the hell's his name? Detective. Famous detective, that old guy. Clouseau. Clouseau. <laughs> I, I went with Jacques Cousteau in my head. I'm like, nope, that's the. No, I did the Pink Panther. Submarine guy. I don't know uh, who you're talking about. Uh, Matlock. I'm doing the, the Pink Matlock? Panther movie with Matlock? fucking uh, Peter Sellers. Uh, anyway. Matt, Matlock was a lawyer. Was he? Who's the oh, you're thinking of, are you thinking of uh, fucking Peter Fogg? Um, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, that guy. It's not Columbo, is it? Is it? I think it is Columbo. There you go. You got there. No. They're all waiting. Listen, these shows are even before our time. Why do we even care? All right. Listen, we got two f- episodes to do today. So let's <laughs> it is cut, Columbo. The, cut the chit chat. <laughs> Teddy <laughs> Savalas? There we what go. What the fuck was he? I don't know. He had a great name. That's all I know. Kojak. <clears throat> there you go. Ball Jesus. What yeah. an old person's pod. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't <clears throat> even know what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. 